We are in week two of this series with this wonderful graphic that's about to pop up, Sign of the Times. Uh, over the month of April, for three weeks, we're looking at some of the funny quips that are posted on the world-famous marquee sign at uh, El Arroyo in Austin, Texas. If you uh, missed last week, this is your first week of the series, or if you just have no idea what we're talking about with this, uh, this is a strange Texas landmark. It's become something of an icon. And um, last week I shared a few of uh, my favorite signs that I found. So I'm just going to do that again uh, because it's funny. So let's check out uh, a couple of more El Arroyo signs so you can get the gist if you're not familiar. This one says, respect your parents. They passed high school without Google. That's, that's a good bit. Uh, this one says, having a dog named Shark at the beach was a bad idea. And then I thought this one was really timely. This is the one from just a couple of weeks ago. Easter egg hunts, proof that your kid can find things if they want to. And I saw about th three or four families just turn to their kids just now. So um, for the most part, this... This sign is funny one-liners like that. Uh, but sometimes those quips speak biblical truth. And just like last week, I think that's the case for our sign today. Uh, so let's read our sign. This is kind of our jumping off point tonight. Uh, this is what it says. It says, this too shall pass. It might pass like a kidney stone, but it will pass. Uh, how many of you thought that we would be talking about kidney stones? <laughs> In church. Um, okay, I love this sign. And I'll tell you why I love it. I think it actually improves upon this pretty well-known saying. Most of the time when people say, this too shall pass, they're trying to encourage someone that's in a hard season, right? That song we just sang, Even If, which was beautiful and they did uh, an incredible job of. It's about being in a hard season. And, and that's something we say to people, this too shall pass. And that's great. But there is slight danger to that phrase. Uh, the danger in this too shall pass is that it can be a little dismissive of hardship. Or it can kind of suggest that, that it's wrong to be worried because everything's going to be fine. This will pass. Why are you stressed about it? It's fine. And in one sense, that's actually true. Right? We are in this season following Easter, and the liturgical season is called Easter tide, right? And, and so we've been talking about this last few weeks, but as Christians, we believe still that God is working all things together for good, that Jesus defeated death and evil and darkness on the cross through the resurrection. We believe that in the end, God is going to make all things right. All of that's true. And so in one sense, yes, it's 100% accurate that this too shall pass. But that doesn't mean we're not going to experience challenges. It doesn't mean there aren't going to be hard times in this life. Yes, this too shall pass. But it might pass like a kidney stone. And as someone who has had a kidney stone, let me tell you, it is no fun. See, the truth is, while we have victory in Jesus, we will also have trials in this life. We will have hard times. I am sure every single person in this room right now can attest to that. That there will be the occasional literal and proverbial kidney stone. 
And so the question for us tonight is what do we do when we find ourselves in that place? How do we respond during the hard times in the midst of the kidney stones? And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul addresses in our scripture for tonight. Uh, so if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be uh, in Paul's, letter, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Uh, and, and I want us to read Paul's advice for the church there. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Uh, this is what he says. He says, So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. Okay, I love this scripture. It's, it's a little heady. Um, but I love it not only because of what Paul writes in these three verses, but because of the story that's behind Paul writing these three verses in the first place. So let me give you some background on this letter, 2 Corinthians. Paul founded the church in Corinth around 50 AD, and he spent 18 months with them, getting them off the ground, um, uh, recruiting new disciples, uh, figuring out worship, uh, 18 months of hard work. Well, after that year and a half, Paul went off to Ephesus to continue planting churches because that's what Paul did. And while he was doing that, he, he hears that there are some significant conflicts going on in the church back in Corinth. And so he writes 1 Corinthians. And if you've ever read 1 Corinthians, it's, it's segmented to where Paul addresses very specific challenges in the church. So he writes this letter and some time passes, and Paul hears that not only did they reject everything he wrote in that letter, they've also started to reject his authority altogether. And so he finds this out and he decides that he needs to travel back to Corinth. He needs to go see them face to face. So he sets out and he gets to Corinth and this trip goes horribly. On that trip, he's humiliated by some of his opponents in the church. Early on in this letter, in, in 2 Corinthians, he refers to this, this trip as his quote-unquote painful visit. During this visit, uh, his authority was attacked by this group in the church. They belittled him because they said he wasn't a, a great enough speaker. They mocked him for being a poor tent maker, for doing menial labor. And Paul is crushed by this. It hurts. But he doesn't give up on the church in Corinth. He keeps corresponding. He keeps sending missionaries to them, people like Titus. And eventually, this too passed. The church finally repented and they apologized. And 2 Corinthians is, ac is actually Paul's letter of reconciliation with this church. Now, I know that's a lot of, of background information about this letter, but it's important. Because Paul is speaking directly from experience in our scripture. In our text, he tells the Corinthians, don't lose heart. When things are difficult, when you're facing a challenge, remember the bigger picture. Look at it from a grander scale and keep going. 
And he says that because that's exactly what he did. I mean, think about it. He could have shunned this church that he planted. He could have frozen them out, turned all the other churches against them, but he didn't. Instead, he did the exact thing that he now is calling them to do with whatever challenge they're facing. And so I want us to, to, to really soak up Paul's wisdom here. Because in our scripture, I, I think Paul points us to two attributes that can help us get through the hard times, that can help us get through, again, those proverbial kidney stones. I never thought I'd say kidney stones so much in a sermon. But, but he, he points us to two things. And the first is patience, practicing patience. In our scripture, Paul says, do not lose heart. Stay tough. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Paul says when you're struggling, when you're in the midst of a kidney stone, know that your affliction is momentary. That there is so, something so much bigger on the other side. What Paul is urging them to do is to be patient. Practice patience. Now let's be honest with ourselves tonight. Patience is not something that we're really good at in 2023. Just look at all uh, the delivery services that we have today, like Postmates and DoorDash and Uber Eats. Like just DoorDash by itself, I looked this up, it is worth $26 billion. And here's what's so wild about these services. Some of the most popular places that, that they deliver, some of those most, uh, most ordered places are fast food restaurants. You can get McDonald's or Wendy's or Burger King. You can get Whataburger, the best of the best. Amen. Amen. Yes, I'm preaching now. <laughs> Dude, that's, no, that's, I'm not, that's not the applause I'm getting. <laughs> no, you can get all of that delivered straight to your door. Fast food, because now fast food isn't even fast enough for us. We are an impatient people. And not just with food, but let's be honest, with everything. In fact, I read an article this week uh, from the Boston Globe. Uh, it, was, it was this study that they kind of put together with, with several professors, and it was called Instant Gratification is Making Us Perpetually Impatient. And one of the really fascinating things that they discovered in this article was how long the average person would wait for a video to load. How long would they sit there and stay on the video? Dr. Ramesh Sitaraman, uh, a professor at the University of Massachusetts, examined the viewing habits of 6.7 million internet users. And again, he was trying to see how long subjects would wait for a video to buffer. And here's what they discovered. Two seconds. People would wait two seconds. And then after that, the rate of people clicking off the video starts to skyrocket, it spikes dramatically. And by the time that the video has taken nine to 10 seconds, 60% of people have left. 10 seconds. The point is our patience is thinner than ever. And so it's important for us tonight to take a step back and recognize that. Because sometimes when we find ourselves in the midst of a challenge, when we have uh, those kidney stones, sometimes we have no choice but to practice patience. Really, that was like, that was the worst part 
of my kidney stone experience. One night I'm laying in bed and everything's fine and then all of a sudden my back is killing me. It's awful. And so the next day, and I'm a wimp. That probably doesn't shock y'all, but I don't do pain, you know? Uh, and so the next day we, we get into the doctor as quickly as possible and they diagnosed me with a kidney stone, which I had, I had pretty much picked up at that point. And, uh, and my first question was, what are we gonna do about it? Like, what medicine are you gonna give me? What procedure? Are we going to the OR now? I was hoping that the doctor was gonna like pull out some device and wave it over my midsection and blow that bad boy up, but, but no. My doctor told me, yeah, I don't know, just be patient. Just gotta wait. And you know what, that is, that is never a fun thing to hear. But so often that's what we face in this life. We come across challenges and all we can do is wait. All we can do is practice patience and remember that this too shall pass. And it may hurt, but it will pass. And we know that because again, we believe that God has got this that he's in control, that we are still, even two weeks out, three weeks out, we're still an Easter people. We didn't just leave that back in early April. We still believe that. The resurrection's still real. God's still working it all together for good. It's gonna be all right. We have to remind ourselves of that. We have to remember that. Because when we do, we're actually practicing patience. When we stop and remember the bigger picture, when, when we look at things from that grander, heavenly, as Paul would say, eternal scale, it helps to settle us down and it helps us to wait well. And again, that's what Paul did. Even after he'd been humiliated, publicly humiliated and rejected, he remembered the bigger mission. He remembered the impact that this church in Corinth could have for the kingdom of God. And because of that, he, he was empowered to remain patient. And so for us tonight, in this impatient, hectic, hurried world, we've got to try and emulate him. We've got to try and remember the bigger picture of our lives and let that inspire us to practice patience. And then... We also try to practice something else that Paul seemed to be so, so good at. We practice perseverance. See, these, these two things, patience and perseverance, they, they, they sound really similar. And in some ways they are. But they're also different. Patience is what helps us to sustain when things are hard. Patience is us buckling down, enduring the hardship. It's, it's waiting well. But practicing perseverance is more about action. It's the act of staying determined to reach our goals. Perseverance tells us to keep doing the things that we know we need to do, even when it's hard. Perseverance is, is taking the next step forward even when it's hurting us because we've got a kidney stone. And yet again, this is what Paul did. He didn't just sit back and wait for the Corinthians to realize the error of their ways and to repent. The whole time he kept pursuing them and loving them. He kept corresponding with them. He acted. He persevered. In fact, uh, in our Bibles, 
we only have two letters uh, that have survived, and, and, and that's 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. But most scholars agree that, that Paul wrote at least six letters to the church in Corinth. Unfortunately, the other four are just lost to history. And some of these letters that he wrote that we don't have were after his, quote-unquote, painful visit. It was after he'd been hurt. And that's just proof that Paul didn't give up. He kept writing. He kept sending them missionaries. He kept praying for them. He kept uh, taking the next step, even when it had to be extremely hard for him to do that. And so that's what we do when we find ourselves in hard times, when we're in a season when we just want whatever it is we're going through to finally pass. We practice patience and we practice perseverance. We try and take the next step and to keep doing the work that, that we know that Jesus has already called us to. Loving our neighbor, being compassionate, getting involved in the church, building community, all of those things, we keep doing them even when it's not comfortable. Even when the whole world would understand if we threw in the towel and gave up. It reminds me uh, of the story of Eric Musambani. If you're not familiar uh, with him, he competed in the 2000 uh, Summer Olympics in Sydney, Australia. Eric qualified uh, to represent the developing African nation of Equatorial Guinea by swimming from one side of uh, a hotel pool to the other. And that was it. That was all it took for him to compete for his country in the 100-meter freestyle swimming event. Well, his initial heat had only three contestants, but luckily for him, his much much more talented competitors, both false started, which uh, disqualified them, which meant that Eric had to swim those 100 meters by himself. Well, Eric dove in and he was swimming alone and, and almost instantly, it was obvious to the millions of people watching, blatant that, that Eric Musambani had never swam 100 meters in his life. In fact, he later admitted that he only learned to swim five months before competing in the Olympics in a swimming event. And so uh, let's watch a clip of Eric Musambani swimming those 100 meters in the year 2000. Representing Equatorial Guinea, Eric With a name like Eric, if he'd been an athlete, he could have been an elephant. As it was, two false starts in the men's heats in the 100 meters freestyle in Sydney left in the most famous eel in the pool. There were a lot of things going on for me when I watched that, and in retrospect. And heat one of this men's 100 metres freestyle. And here we have Eric Musambani of Equatorial Guinea. And Adrian, I've never seen anything like this at the Olympic Games before. It was very funny. This guy doesn't look as if he's going to make it. It is a funny moment. Now, I am convinced this guy is going to have to get hold of the lane rope in a minute. It is also a poignant moment. It's quite a sad moment, I think. Adrian, I'm not sure he's going to make it, is he? Oh, yes, this is, this is the Olympics. He's got 17,000 people shouting for him. It's also quite a defining moment for the Olympic Games as to whether that um, level of performance should be in an Olympic competition. Eric Musambani of Equatorial Guinea wins heat one of the men's 100 metres freestyle. Well, I thought I'd seen everything in the Olympic swimming pool. 
We've had nine world records. We've had 19 Olympic records. And I've just seen somebody go one minute 52.72 for 100 freestyle. And get a bigger cheer. How did it feel to be in that race? I'm feeling good. I am feeling, I, I am happy. For different people, it means different things. And I think that's In lane five, representing uh, okay, so you can, Equatorial. You can hear the commentators laughing at how slow he was. And, and saying they'd never seen anything like it before. Uh, they even said they thought he might not make it. In fact, some of the Olympic crew had come out because they were afraid he was going to drown. Um, and, but you know what? He did make it. And he actually set a world record when he finally touched that wall. Eric, still to this day, holds the record for the slowest time <laughs> in modern Olympic history in the 100-meter freestyle. In fact, his time that we just watched uh, in the 100 meter was slower than the slowest time in the 200 meter that same year. But here's the really interesting part about Eric's story. In the year 2000, his autograph was by far the most sought after in the Olympic Village. Why? Why was this man who, who recorded such a terrible time, nearly drowning in the process, so popular? It was because he kept swimming. He practiced perseverance. And again, that's what Paul is calling the Corinthians to in this scripture. He says, stay tough, don't lose heart. Whatever you're facing, your challenges are not bigger than God, so keep going, keep swimming. Because what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. What he means is that there is something so much bigger at work, something eternal. See, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are not held, uh, held down by, by worldly, by temporary. We're a people who deal in heavenly, in eternal. And so when we're struggling, when, when the kidney stones are causing us pain and frustrating us, what else can we do but keep going? We keep doing the things that Jesus has already called us to. We keep doing ministry. We keep swimming. Because when we do that, people notice. When we, when we persevere and keep after it, we might find that like Paul, we end up reconciling with this church that hurt us. When we keep after it, we might find that everybody in the Olympic Village wants our autograph. By practicing patience and perseverance, our lives serve as a testimony to the good news that we live with. The good news we've been talking about. The good news that this too shall pass because Jesus has already won. The tomb is empty. He's the victor. So whatever, whatever the this in this too shall pass is for you tonight, whatever you're struggling with, whether it's been hours or days or weeks or years, let's remember that it's not going to defeat our God. That the resurrected king is resurrecting me. Let's keep going. Keep swimming. Let's, let's be patient. Let's persevere. And no matter what, 
Let's not lose heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me? God, tonight, I pray for all of, the, uh, all of us who, who feel like we are in one of those seasons where we, we have clenched fists and heaviness and we're just hoping and waiting for this, whatever this is, to pass. Lord, remind us of the power of community, the power of this church, that we can help each other persevere, that we can lean on one another. So God, tonight, if, if, we've, been, if we've been struggling, if, if we've been feeling like we might not make it to the other wall, God, if we feel like we might drown, remind us that you're with us, that we can keep swimming because the creator of everything has our back. that you've already taken care of the scariest stuff, death and hopelessness, all of it defeated because of your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord, it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.